Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4033 of the world's leading and only audio newspaper for a visual world, The Bugle, or for those of you listening in Morse code... And if you're listening in semaphore, this is... If you are one of our many listeners who are aquatic mammals, welcome to... Thank you, Finian Blower. Have some herring. I am Andy Zaltzman. Please, that's lovely of you to say so, but you're embarrassing me now. And I'm here in London. Whether you like it or not, I imagine you're probably ambivalent to that fact. And joining me from the biggest of all the apples, New York City, it's a big welcome back to Hari Kondabolu. Hey, Andy, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, thanks. How, how have you been? It's, uh, it's been a few months since... You were you were last on this uh, on this show. I mean, look, uh, every day we're all still around. Uh, you gotta you gotta be uh, you gotta you gotta be happy for that. You know, right. I uh, Trump uh, being president, it really uh, it, it makes me take a, a stock in things. Like it makes me value every day, like it was my last day. So that's made you, know? made you appreciate life more. I mean, this is these are the benefits of the Trump years that that the mainstream media never tell us about. No. All these people, you know, finding themselves, finding the true meaning of existence, you know, wouldn't have happened if he hadn't, if he hadn't so gloriously won that election. Oh yeah, I totally wouldn't. I mean, it's strange to be this optimistic. I think it's also <laughs> a slow acceptance of death. Oh right, okay. And yeah. coming to terms with the fact that none of us are going to be around that much longer in the in the grand scheme of things. And uh, who am I to uh, be depressed about that? So right. you know, I, I live my life. Uh, just, uh, you know, talking, saying random things. <laughs> so, I mean, at the point, it doesn't matter. I can say whatever I want. What's going to happen? And how, how have you filled, uh, filled the month since your, your last uh, appearance on The Bugle? I did some, I did some touring, uh, which again, you know, uh, when I used to tour, I'm like, oh, this is great for the long-term career, building a fan base. You know, getting people to buy my album, and now it, it, it's it's a way to say goodbye to a lot of people. <laughs> right, um, people I, I wasn't sure if I was going to see again, right. and now I get to go to all these different cities and uh, say goodbye to them. Uh, perhaps meet the children that I haven't uh, met because I tour so much. I don't uh, like. Oh, you had a kid? You got married? I had no idea. <laughs> and then I could say hello and goodbye at once. I mean, it's nice. That's a, that's a lovely way of putting it. This uh, yeah. is Bugle 4033. Uh, 4033, coincidentally, the number of people it takes to change 4033 light bulbs simultaneously. <laughs> uh, also, interestingly, 4033 is the number of spoons you would have to melt down in order to have enough spoon metal to make a s- new single spoon big enough to stir a shark tank at an aquarium if you filled it with tea. Uh, that is a scientific fact. Uh, this is the Bugle for the week, beginning Monday, the 19th of June, 2017. On the 18th of June, 1812, 205 years ago, uh, the US declared war on the UK. I want an apology for that, Harry. That's unacceptable behaviour. It was the start of the War of uh, 1812, uh, as it was uh, spectacularly called. Good good tactics, that. Try and keep it short to, to what I mean, it didn't work. It went on for, until 1815, but uh, better than the Hundred Years' War, which kind of inevitably then lasted over 100 years. In all fairness, Andy, uh, at that time, my ancestors, I believe, were being subjugated by your ancestors. Ah, so, uh, right. You know. So yeah. maybe the apology should be uh, coming from the other end. <laughs> Look, 
we, I think we've been through this before. If we in Britain start apologising, that will open up a dam that may never again be secured. <laughs> we have to bottle it up. It's what we do in Britain. Uh, the War of 1812, according to the USA, was a victory for the USA. According to Canada, was a victory for Canada. And according to Britain, was a minor little hoo-ha, equivalent to a gentle stramash at a church fate over a rogue biscuit. Um, but from that emerged the American National Anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner, uh, written, I believe, in 1814, uh, uh, which translated into modern English essentially just says, F*** you, Britain. Um, so it's always, uh, always lovely to hear. Um, on the 16th of June, 1723, Adam Smith was born, the celebrity Scottish economist, not so interested in the invisible hand, back then, of course, the newborn economist, more uh, more interested in the visible tit. Uh, but it is thought that the 294-year-old Wealth of Nations star is rumoured to be on the verge of a, uh, of a surprise comeback from beyond the grave with a new theory on the impact of uh, unbridled free markets on social equality, uh, his new theory called the invisible headbutt. Uh, this week, a natural world food accessories section. Now, of course, natural eating is all the rage these days, and we review the latest eating gadgets uh, in which humanity has learnt from the natural world to be able to eat better. We look at the latest range of uh, Whalables. That's uh, a terrific company. Uh, their new baleen filters that enable us humans to eat plankton au naturel when we go swimming in the sea. We uh, review the Tiger Gob steak tooth. Uh, which you just affix to your upper jaw to maximise your meat-tearing capabilities, now comes in the full range of carnassial canine and prehistoric sabre. The BirdTech Pasta Beak, modelled on the proven avian worm-pecking technology, the beak. You simply clip the pasta beak onto your face and get stuck into your bowl of spaghetti, also suitable for regurgitating linguine into your children's waiting mouths. Uh, the Boviax Multitum, what works for the cow, works for the now. One of the great uh, catchy slogans of the modern marketplace. In today's health-conscious, vegan-influenced food era, the uh, Multitum gives you the tried-and-tested quadri stomach enjoyed by a cow since time immemorial. To get every single plausible nutrient from those unappetising leaves you feel obliged to eat these days, free with the Multitum comes uh, a Ruminatics pre-chew vegetable grinder to get that initial mulching phase up and running. And also, we review the uh, Insectic Chunder Ketchup. If it works for the flies, it works for the wise. Start pre-digesting your food by learning from the humble housefly's bulk marinade technique of vomiting all over its food with this new carrot-flavoured acidic puke sauce. Just a couple of squirts of chunder ketchup will start breaking down even the most unappetising of meals so you can get yourself nutriated at incredible natural speed. That section in the bin. Top story, America updates. And, uh, well, as I said, it's been a few months since Hari has been on the show. And uh, while we've not covered absolutely everything that's happened in America in that time, we're almost half a year into Trump's first term of uh, the three he's got planned. I mean, he's got FDR written all over him. And it <laughs> is increasingly hard to keep up with the constantly spewing volcano of fury, embarrassment and confusion that is the Trump presidency. He is very much the untrainable political puppy that keeps shitting on its own sofa. Now, Hari, can you possibly explain absolutely everything that's happened in the Trump administration since you were last on the show? And in particular, his little spat with the former FBI head honcho, James Comey. No, I cannot. <laughs> oh, right, OK. I mean, I was fully relying on you to explain literally everything because I missed a couple of days of it and it's really hard to catch up. 
<laughs> Luckily, uh, Donald Trump documents every day. By documents, I mean tweets. Uh, so you can have a quick summary of where things have been. I think uh, in summation, based on the tweets, things aren't good. Um, but if you want to know about the Comey thing, this is my understanding, uh, which, again, is steeped in a lack of understanding. <laughs> the best kind of understanding. Yes. Uh, so basically, there was an FBI investigation uh, that uh, James Comey, the head of the FBI, had about whether Russia obstructed um, in the U.S. election. And caught up in that uh, was General Michael Flynn, who uh, Trump had appointed for a position I cannot currently remember. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, you know, they, 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 the Trump people said they had no... Like, there was no kind of interaction with Russia. There wasn't any kind of uh, arrangements. There wasn't any interference. But all of a sudden, uh, Flynn lied about the fact that he did have interactions with Russia, uh, even though he, I think, believe signed statements saying he didn't, but he actually did. Um, and so you know, things were starting to get kind of heated. There's also some talk about Jared Kushner, who is one of the president's uh, main advisors. Also, his son-in-law who has no political experience, uh, possibly trying to set up a, a direct line with Russia, um, which is also not good. Right. Uh, while all this was happening, Donald Trump asked uh, Comey, uh, the FBI director, to, uh, to leave Flynn alone. Bas- if I'm, this actually, I think, is a quote. Uh, you know, Flynn's a good guy. Right. I mean, I, I mean honestly, that, that sounds like a thing I made up, but I, I believe that is true. That is what he told head of the FBI to leave. <laughs> To leave Flynn alone because uh, he's a good guy, right? And uh, I mean, that, that should so, be enough, shouldn't it? From a from uh, a yeah, from a president, mean, from a dictator, yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, at that point, Comey, I think, decided that since the FBI uh, is an independent agency, it's supposed to be independent, and uh, you know should should not be told what to do in such a way that he was still going to press on with his investigation, you know, do his job and all. At which point. Trump did the most logical thing, which was to fire him. Right. He was firing the man who was investigating him. Right. The um, most, that's the most logical thing. And as ever, he's handled matters with the tender delicacy of a rhinoceros midwife crash-tackling a very pregnant flamingo. Um, <laughs> and this, this, this one thing that, I, that uh, struck me was um, Comey's statement saying... Uh, this the president said i need loyalty i expect loyalty and then comey says i didn't move speak or change my facial expression in any way during the awkward silence that followed we simply looked at each other in silence i mean that sounds like a frankly horrific date <laughs> or one of my early gigs on the stand up circuit <laughs> <laughs> it's very honest it paints a very vivid picture i do not think that man is lying yeah. that sounds about right I want to know how long that silence lasted for. I imagine that could have gone on for a full 95 minutes. <laughs> obstructing justice. I mean, do you think he's going to be found guilty of obstructing justice? He's certainly not over guilty of not obstructing justice. Well, I think the two things that seem like obstructing justice is telling the person who is running an investigation to stop the investigation, which is would be then obstructing what... Some would call justice. Yeah. Um, the second thing that might be a hang-up is the person who was investigating all this was then fired by the investigatee. I'm not sure if that's a word. <laughs> um, 
And that seems like an obstruction, like a clear, like, you're stopping because I'm firing you, yep. obstructing you from doing your job because it's not your job anymore. So I, those are a couple of things. Uh, you know, it's funny, Andy, as we've discussed this, it's weird because I think for years people, when they've talked about um, governments in the Middle East or in the continent of Africa, would say things, you know, when, when there was a controversy regarding an election or people getting killed or, fi- or fired, you know, they would say things like, well, you know, that's just how it works over there. And we're over there now. We're <laughs> over there. America is the over there. <laughs> In other American news, Megyn Kelly, who was recently hired by NBC News from Fox News, because that's clearly a good idea, decided to interview Alex Jones, who is very much a fringe figure uh, in the U.S., a conspiracy theorist. Alex Jones uh, publicly has said that he believed that 9-11 was a government conspiracy. He believes um, that uh, Sandy Hook, which is the... uh, the shooting that killed all those children in the elementary school was actually, again, also done by the government. They were actors. Um, there, there, there's a lot of questionable things this man has said. Well, it's interesting you should call those questionable. Because <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to be impartial here. Right. Okay. Well, I admire the journalistic integrity you're bringing to this because those theories are they're not so much far-fetched as just firing a dog into space in a rocket and shouting, find a stick, find a stick, good doggy. Is that, I mean, is that... Well, I would, I would first say, can we interview the dog? Right. <laughs> and see if that actually happened. How, I mean, how prominent, because we talked a bit about the alt-right, uh, a, a few, and the word right just seems so wrong. Um, mm. uh, a, few, a few, a couple of months ago, how, how prominent is Alex Jones? His InfoWars website was granted... A White House press pass uh, earlier this year, which seems, I mean, that's in terms of ruthless journalistic factory, th- they seem to fall slightly below the ideal bar for people you want being given a press pass by the fucking White House. Yeah, but the rules have changed, Dan. Oh, right, and I mean, so. it's not hard to get a press pass anymore. National Enquirer probably has a has a <laughs> press pass. There are probably uh, people who had GeoCities and Angel Fire web pages in the early to mid nineties. Who have, uh, is that a thing, Andy? I don't even know if that's a thing in the UK. Is that oh, a thing? I mean, it sounds like a thing. You said it convincingly, so I'm going to go. Chris is nodding his head. So that's, that, is okay. not, that is a thing. I mean, again, not, the only people that don't you know, have a tougher time getting press passes are anybody who's like, you know, reporting news. But that's. <laughs> right. What about Marvel Comics? Secondary. They, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they, Marvel does, but DC doesn't. Okay. <laughs> so there's integrity. This is a fair question. I mean, Megyn Kelly's taking a lot of heat for interviewing interviewing this person. Um, and my question is, what's the worst that can happen if you give a maniac media attention? Like, what are the possible long-term consequences? Name one possible consequence. <laughs> one giant, unqualified, you know, uh, deceitful consequence. Right. You're basically saying Alex Jones is going to win the 2020 presidential election. Is that... I mean, honestly, at this point, like, there was a time where you couldn't bet on that. Right. You could, but you really couldn't bet on that. And now, there's money in that. There's the possibility <laughs> of making a major payday. Like, it, it's uh, with $100, I could make, a, you know, I mean, I could have made a billion dollars, but now it's probably about a million. I could make about a million dollars. 
One more little point about the story. So Alex Jones apparently audio recorded both the pre-interview and the interview on the sly and has released pieces of that which show Megyn Kelly being very sycophantic, also lying to Alex Jones and saying that he would have final editorial control and basically giving more context to things he said. Now, he still said a bunch of maniacal things, but it doesn't make Megyn Kelly look good at all. I mean, she already looked terrible for interviewing Alex Jones, but it kind of also destroys her big Sunday night interview with the maniac. Right. So, See, my view on, on one this, hand, I'm happy that Megyn Kelly is you know, being destroyed, and on the other hand, this, is, this isn't a good look for anybody. <laughs> my, my view of this is that this whole, the whole interview was a government setup in which they are trying to showcase... Alex Jones's idiocy in order to discredit other conspiracy theorists who are actually onto something. I've I read this, it this morning too, actually. Did you read that right on InfoWars? Yeah, so it was on InfoWars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, I also right read that. Right to the top. Yeah. Right to the top. <laughs> <laughs> in more humorous American news, uh, Fox News has changed its motto, which for years has been fair and balanced, to most watched, most trusted. Uh, which is a lie, which is consistent <laughs> with the brand. Um, Could they not have just put ironic quote marks around fair and balanced? <laughs> that not or, an asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> or an asterisk that just says uh, Americans most gullible. I mean, there must be something. Well, presumably one um, asterisk but- next to fair and a double asterisk next to balanced. <laughs> Actually, uh, I-, I came up with some other options that I think they probably rejected, you know, well, they didn't reject them because I didn't propose them, but I think maybe more accurate. Um, I thought instead of fair and balanced, perhaps they could have changed it to fair-skinned and balanced. <laughs> um, that allows them to – it's less work. You just yep. have to you know, put an arrow with the word skinned. Yep. Um, they could call it the news, the news in, uh, in, in question marks or, right. again, in italics to indicate sarcasm, right? Yeah. Now with less O'Reilly – which could draw <laughs> could draw some more moderates over uh, party like it's 1984 <laughs> more festive more festive and the final uh, option i had is you want the truth we can't handle the truth <laughs> so all those potential slogans not right. given a fair chance this is a very exciting moment for american news News coverage. Apparently, they've also dropped uh, an, another slogan: "We report, you decide." <laughs> <laughs> British election aftermath news now, and we recorded last week, Harry, uh, within hours of the election here. Um, in and in fact, this is as I said earlier on, Bugle four thousand and thirty-three, which is coincidentally the number of times at the first post-election meeting of her new cabinets that Prime Minister Theresa May said the words can you all stop looking at me like that please Uh, it's been an odd time in British politics and again it's been overshadowed by another horrific tragedy in London this week Um, and no one knows quite what is going on now and yet just a, a month ago we seem to be looking at a thousand years of Tory rule, essentially. That seemed to be what a lot of the newspapers were predicting, that basically it was the end of everyone else. And Theresa May was basically going to become the new Bodicea, but better. Um, 
And uh, now she's been looking like she may not last. I mean, basically every minute is a bonus for Theresa May uh, as Prime Minister at the moment. And people started to look back now on where it all went wrong. As campaigns go, the Conservatives' campaign was about as well thought out and executed as when renowned polar explorer Sir Piers Pluffer Duggarswick in the early 20th century turned up on the coast of Antarctica on a kid's tricycle with little skis strapped to the wheels, a tin of sardines and a pair of novelty underpants with a first bottom to the bottom of the world slogan on the arse and started shouting at the penguins, free fish for whoever can tell me which way south is. It seems to be about as that, as well planned as that. And just when you thought things couldn't get any worse for the British voting public, uh, she brought back Michael Gove, the uh, viral former education and justice secretary, and he is now back in top-level politics, like a dog returning to a museum of its own vomit. Um, it's uh, it's been an in- interesting time. Did you did you follow our election? At all. I mean, there's just been weird elections going on, it seems, across the world for about the last three years. A little clarification. So Theresa May called for this election, yes. right, just to kind of reinforce, uh, with, with the idea that you know, it would reinforce her, her stronghold. Yeah. And this appears, if, 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 correct me if I'm mistaken, this appears to be the same move that Cameron did with Brexit, which yes. also backfired. It's so she all- did the same thing that he had done. Just, so he, she doubled down on that idea of I'm going to call an election to prove that this will work in my favor. Yes. That I, I am in charge. Yeah. Wow. Es- essentially, in successive years, we've had a conservative prime minister playing a silly little game with the entire future of the nation and losing against apparently uh, unsurmountable odds in favor of a win. Yeah, you've got to admire the achievement. Frankly, if you could have set out to find a way of getting Britain to leave the European Union or, you know, vote to leave the European Union and then for uh, the Conservatives to tank what seemed to be, as I said last week, an open goal of an election. I'm not sure anyone could have actually planned that deliberately. So to have achieved it accidentally is a frankly staggering performance. Where to now for the UK? The government's now relying on the Democratic Unionist Party uh, from Northern Ireland, um, reigning and 25-time winner of the UK Political Party of the Year from the hardline, outdated social conservatism monthly magazine, (laughs) um, which is a slight concern for people who are not fans of hardline, outdated social conservatism. Um, Various options on the table for us, Harry. Option one is just sitting in the corner quietly weeping at what we've done to ourselves over the past (laughs) few years. Quite an attractive option, that, to be honest. Option two is another general election, Uh, but the Conservatives are not keen, having just uh, failed to win what was a sitting duck of an election. And when you find yourself being body slammed by a sitting duck and you end up lying on the floor, looking up at the duck, begging for mercy whilst it quacks in your face and threatens to wrap you in a Chinese pancake with some plum sauce, clearly things are not going too well for you. Option three is just do nothing much, just going to hang around and chill for a bit. That seems to be the government's preferred option right now. Uh, Theresa May has said, we now need a period of stability in this country which is rather like someone who's just driven a bus off a cliff into a swamp, spluttering to the surface and saying, I'll tell you what this bus could really, really do with, and that is a period without anyone driving off a cliff into a swamp. And option four is just to activate the special button under the Queen's crown that turns her into a real monarch. Proper, medieval-style, suit of armour, massive sword, let's get back to British basics monarch. It's what the country wants. It's what the country needs. (laughs) 
Andy, your beautiful use of language almost makes things better. <laughs> Father's Day section now, and Sunday is Father's Day. Um, Chris, you're a, you're a father. Are you are you geared up for the big day? I'm flying away and leaving my family. I'm going to Cannes for the week. It's the greatest gift I could have asked for. Um, is, are you going to be hanging out on yachts? Uh, no. All right. I'm going to be in a hotel room. All right, cool. Working. Glamorous. That counts, yeah. Um, I will be celebrating Father's Day by going to the Champions Trophy cricket fight. <laughs> And looking up statistics all day. It's what fatherhood is all about. Uh, but for any Bugle fathers out there, uh, we are giving away six free pieces of audio fathering. Simply play these snippets to your children at the appropriate moments and guarantee a successful fathering bond for life. Kids, there is no tooth fairy anymore. Got done for tax evasion. Bang to rights, I say. Not a f***ing penny. You want to know why your school doesn't have a trampoline? Look no further than the fairy. Hey kids, bad news about Santa. Uh, you're looking at a 10 stretch for illegal employment <laughs> practices, breaking and entering, trespass, DUI and anti-Semitism. No, no smoke without fire. So you want to be an astronaut when you grow up? Well, it's a nice idea, but let's be realistic, more likely call sensor, or if you're lucky, barista, or they will probably be able to download coffee by then. World's different now, kid. Put your toy rocket down and play with that actual phone. Good question, kid. Why don't you f***ing look it up? There's a reason we've got Wi-Fi. Well, kid, you think things are shit now? Just wait until you're 120, begging for the merciful claw of the reaper. That section in the bin. Oh, no, that's not that, is it? There you go. <laughs> that is your complimentary Bugle Father's Day fathering guide. It is now time for the Not Sport Sports section. And, uh, Hari, there's been some sensational competition in the world of not sports in uh, in America. Well, first of all, uh, I, I take offence to the characterization of the spelling bee as not a sport. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> It, it is it is boxing of the mind, Andy. <laughs> right. These young people either have to memorize a ton of words, or if they don't know the spelling of word, decode it by learn by learning the roots of the word. Is it Latin? Hmm, what right. kind of uh, what kind of letters will be used if it was a, a Latin root or a Greek root or a Sanskrit root? That's incredible. That yeah. that to me that is that is sports and Indian Americans happen to dominate this particular sport. I have coined a phrase, I call it the Indian Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> um. we, have a, we have a sports dynasty, 10 straight Indian American winners. 10 straight, Andy. That's right. uh, like the Yankees or, right. or the Montreal Canadiens or uh, the Boston Celtics. Like th- This is a dynasty, all right? That's, that's rare in sports. And, and also... Let's think about uh, uh, about the fact that uh, these are a, a colonized people, right? Indians are a colonized people by uh, the British. We had to learn English, so not yep. only do these kids come from that legacy, they dominate the English language. They know they know all the different spellings of the thing. I I feel like if the UK had a spelling bee like this, we, I th- I really do think that uh, Asians in the UK would dominate as well. I, th- I think you're probably. I mean, in Britain, I think we'd struggle to spell spelling bee, frankly. 
we might <laughs> not make it past the entry form. Um, Andy, Indian Americans dominate the spelling bee the way white people dominate the American power structure. <laughs> right? That being said, does anyone want to trade? <laughs> I am open to trade. So uh, it's interesting. I mean, spelling bees aren't such a big thing here, but there's been a couple of TV shows over here, I think. That, um, but I mean, even for my competition-loving self, watching people spell words out loud on telly is it, that's that's one step too far. Uh, oh, I'm interested to know that that level of competition is there much trash talking? Do you see you know some very well structured and accurate trash talking? Between the competitors, them saying you are an absolute bellend, B-E-L-L-E-N-D. Um, of course, I mean, every word of this audio newspaper, The Bugle, is spelled correctly. We take our responsibility to linguistic accuracy very seriously indeed. <laughs> and um, But also it's interesting, as you say, that uh, in America, the Indians dominate so much because th- there isn't cricket in America. And I've spent most of the last three weeks watching cricket in my other role as a uh, as a cricket st- statistician. I've been to quite a few games involving India, also Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and it does make you think the amount of obsession that those Asian nations devote to cricket. When you remove cricket and leave them only with spelling, <laughs> total world domination. And it does suggest what would India as a nation achieve if it ceased to spend all of its time watching cricket? And also, what do people who spend all their time watching cricket, what might, for example, someone like like me, I, I don't want to go down this wormhole, I, I do not want to disappear down the, the what might have been of that <laughs> that train of thought. Let, let me derail that train of thought. I, I haven't watched cricket in a long time, Andy. How is uh, Sunil Gavaskar doing? <laughs> Well, I mean, he's 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 here at the moment. He's doing 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 TV for for any uh, bugle listeners not familiar with the work of the former uh, all-time Test match record run scorer. Oh, Sun- he's not playing Sun- anymore. No, I th- he played his last match for India in 1988, I believe. Oh my God! How about uh, Couple Dave? Uh, retiring with uh, 10,122 Test runs to his name, of course. Uh, Couple Dev, uh, he uh, he when did he he quit? Mid 90s, I would say. Ah, oh, jeez. Capital Deb, maybe how about, 95. How about that Australian bloke? What's his name? Um, uh, Ned, Ned Kelly? No. Not really, not really uh, uh, Donald Bradman. Donald Bradman, very much out of the game these days. Bradman definitely lost his edge due to having died at the age of, uh, what, 92, about 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, there's no substitute for experience, so you'd still back him to do a job. And uh, you know, Australia, <laughs> didn't, Australia didn't play that well in this tournament, so... Never say. <laughs> Never say never. <laughs> Is that you blown out of cricket references now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that Australian guy. <laughs> In other non-sport news, uh, a European Court of Justice ruling has ruled that bridge, the card game, is a sport. To which the obvious response is, no, it f***ing isn't. It's a, it's a card game. It's, uh, it's not a sport. It is absolutely <laughs> not a sport. But the Advocate General... Masiej Spunar, uh, and I uh, doubt I pronounced that correctly, <laughs> describes sport as an activity requiring a certain effort to overcome a challenge or an obstacle and which trains a certain physical or mental skill. That does not define a sport. That would make, amongst the list of sports, not just bridge, 
but tax evasion, parenting, <laughs> urinating into a fish pond off a 30 meter high telegraph pole. I mean, that, that, that requires physical and mental skill and a significant obstacle and challenge. Uh, becoming a hitman, that's not, I mean, that's not a sport. I'm not, I'm not criticizing it, but it's not a sport. Uh, that would make driving into London on a three-lane road at 2am whilst keeping to the 40-mile-an-hour speed limit, that would make that a sport. The, the mental discipline required to do that is, is absolutely off the scale. Uh, and also, it would make a sport breaking wind at a funeral without anyone noticing. I mean, that's, I mean this, this is opening up an absolute can of non-sporting worms. I will tell you what sport is, Mr Spooner. Uh, sport is sport. And what that is is when people do something physical in competition, which, and this is the crucial defining factor, if performed in front of a crowd badly, would make that crowd go, ah! <laughs> or swear at them for ruining their weekend. That is what sport is. If you cannot ruin a spectator's weekend by being bad at it, or messing it up, it's not a real sport. Your emails now, and this email came, on, uh, came from Devon in Montreal. Uh, on the subject of joke candidates in uh, American politics, believe it or not, in the very serious and fully functioning American government, there is one called Vermin Supreme. He wears a large shoe on his head and has promised everyone a free pony. Have you come across this guy, Vermin Supreme? I mean, I haven't watched professional wrestling in a while, Andy. So right. I... In Canada, Devon continues, there's a party that was uh, made for the bugle, the Rhino Party. They will abolish federal debt by putting it on a visa card and reporting it stolen. That is the kind of lateral thinking that top-level economics needs. That's pretty much how the City of London works. Uh, also, they propose to make the Canadian climate more temperate by tapping into the natural resource of hot air in Ottawa. Zing! Take that, Canadian politics. And providing higher education by building taller schools. But, I mean, that's... Pun politics surely has to be the future in this confusing, confused age. <laughs> uh, do keep your emails coming in to hellobuglers at thebuglepodcast.com uh, that brings us to the close of this week's Bugle Hi, it's been a delight to have you back uh, on the show uh, do, you, do you have any shows you'd like to plug? I'd love to uh, I have uh, some shows with my brother uh, show Kundabolu it's our, our, our show the Untitled Kundabolu Brothers Project we'll be doing it June 27th in Brooklyn at Littlefield and June 29th and 30th in Seattle at the Theatre off Jackson. And then I'll be doing stand-up in July uh, the 9th, July 9th at, in Salt Lake City at Wise Guys, July 12th in Phoenix at Stand Up Live, July 13th through the 15th at Denver Comedy Works. And in August, I got dates in San Diego, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Burlington, Vermont. You can find them on my webpage, hurrykundabolu.com. And again, more realistically, Google the word hurry, H-A-R-I, in comedian, and then Google will say, did you mean? And that is likely <laughs> what, uh, what I meant, yes. I'm doing Saturdays for Hire at the Underbelly this Tuesday, the 20th, the following Tuesday at the Hideaway in Streatham. I'm uh, hosting a fundraising gig for my uh, children's primary school uh, with uh, Jeremy Hardy, Sophie Hagen, and Johnny the Baptist. So come along to all of those shows, all of you. The Bugle is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, made possible with great support from our founding sponsors, the Knight Foundation. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. 
Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs>